0: you're listening to your happy place podcast. Each week, we will be bringing you interviews with real estate experts and investors. The show features interviews and discussions on real estate investing, property management and inspiration with your host, Jenna Ross. Today on the podcast, I am so pleased to have Lisa Coates here with me. Lisa has amazing energy. I met Lisa when she was a general contractor and was blown away by all the things that she had to share with us when she came out and she presented at our Halifax Real Estate Investors Meetup. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa.
1: Well, thank you, Jenna. It's my pleasure to meet you and you'd be welcomed back. This is my second time. Uh, Well, because of pandemic, I'm sure we would have done this in person, but hey, podcasts are cool.
0: Yes. It's so nice to see your face and you're looking well. Can you tell us how you're you're coping through the pandemic?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, um, for those of you that don't know, I have cancer Um, and that's why I I am no longer a general contractor. They felt that it was my doctors. It would be, uh, in my better interest to take something on that was less stressful and, um, you know, don't give cancer the opportunity to feed off of my stress. So I, uh, (laughs) I got, I went to work for two other companies instead. Anyway, um, the pandemic, it was a little bit, it was, it was touch and go like for everybody else. We were essential, um, both companies. One is a landscaping company. The other one is a roofing company. Um, So we really, the first couple of weeks, we slowed down immensely. I'm going to say March 16th to about April 16th. It was touch and go, but it was a great opportunity for us to go out and do a lot of estimating. But uh, when they announced that the COVID pay was going to be given out to pretty much anybody in Canada, we both. Well, both companies suffered with a shortage of manpower. So we were out there getting the contracts and then we didn't have people to work. So, yay, that wasn't
0: fun. Yeah. I was Um, thinking about that because I've heard, definitely heard that from a lot of trades that that was uh, definitely a challenging thing. Yeah.
1: Oh, and here's the thing. Like we were, we, we were definitely like, as soon as, you know, we, we understood what the pandemic was, We exercise getting, you know, masks ASAP and, um, training on site training with, you know, no more sharing tools, no more carpooling. You know, we have to practice social distancing when we're on the roof or the backyard, which we were doing anyway, but I mean, it was just even more professionally done. Um, and that the customers really appreciated that we were exercising at this level, but, um, the workers themselves were concerned and they didn't feel comfortable. I think they were getting pressure from their families um, that they would go home and maybe pass the, you know, COVID to their, their loved ones. So yeah, they didn't come to work.
0: (laughs) Quite a time. Yeah. It's hard to entice people when they're going to get paid to stay at home. So that's, I mean, that's what it is really too. That's part of it. A huge part of it. Yeah. 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 But, um, as far as cancer
1: um what the uh, the cancer center ended up doing was my treatments I'm doing immunotherapy, I've been in immunotherapy for probably just over a year, and my treatments used to be every two weeks, so, to reduce the risk of infection at the hospital, my treatments were changed to once a month, and they just doubled the drug, which was great and i think I think I won't know until <coughs> excuse me next week. Um, July might've been my last treatment, but you don't know. Cause you just hear that raspy little cough of mine. Um, I might have to go for one more in August, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a challenge for sure.
0: Yes, for sure. And can you walk us through some some tips that you might have learned with your general contracting experience that you want to share with real estate investors? What kind of tips would you like? I got all kinds. Well, I think um what have you seen that that's been, you know, I guess what what can we um Say we're doing a large build or we're doing a large flip project. What can we avoid?
1: Um, shopping the, the lowest price. I, I would say some people. It depends on your your experience. Um, general contractors aren't really general contractors anymore. We've been we've been given a new new title. It's called project manager. Um, try and find somebody that you know, like and trust as a project manager that might have some you know. Uh, experience. It, you don't have to really necessarily hire, you know, one company. Um, if you have a project manager or a GC, an independent GC, they have a list of all the good tr- sub trades, and they can put together a, an amazing scope of work for you, and then do a takeoff so you'll know what your costs are going to be. That would be my biggest thing. Um, I think that's one of the biggest tips. Because I talk to people that are investors, well, not that often, but I'm going to say maybe once or twice a month. And they all ask me the same thing. And I'm like, well, that's number one. Number two, now that I think about it, is once you get this this halfway through, you have to have a property manager. Um, Because it's one thing to have roommates and collect rent from your roommates. It's another thing when you're interviewing uh, prospective tenants like right now it's not just you know doing your credit checks it's also doing a criminal background check it's you know it's making sure that when they move in and when they move out that the uh moving condition statements are properly executed, and all damage in and out is documented properly so there's like so many different layers, but I think my biggest tip to somebody would be to hire professionals. We're not that expensive, honestly, as a consultant um our hourly is more than affordable because we're usually working for say five, ten people at the same time. So we're not charging a gazillion, quadrillion dollars, but we're giving you the same level of service as a client, which is the fiduciary responsibilities of care and diligence and ethics and integrity. Um, more so than if you hired a general contractor that's going to treat you as a customer, where there's no relationship. You know, it's just. I'm here to do a job. So
0: many places that you can go with the, the topic of being a contractor or project manager. and I think um, the experience that you've gained and you've shared with us is um, is exceptional. Um, and I think that if, if you were still operating in that space, I definitely would be be looking to reach out to you for projects because I, I just know that you bring so much value. Well,
1: thank you. Yeah, I kind of, I I had a couple of opportunities to work with, work for some small trades companies. To work for some small trades companies that used to be subs of mine when I had my, my company that we identified that they were really, really super duper trades, but they weren't so great on the business end. Um, So they just needed a little help in that arena. And I told him, I said, if, if the numbers don't make sense, same thing I would tell a customer if I was working as a consultant on a, you know, a flip or a new build, um, if the numbers don't make sense, if you don't see the value of what I provide, then you can fire me. It's just that simple. Um, and so far, nobody's fired me. So I think I'm doing okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, On top of, I think, and we probably haven't really spoken in person through everything, but I mean, 2020 has been quite a year. And I mean, you're going through cancer treatments on top of a pandemic. And Uh on top of that, um, the whole world is in a big crisis. And and then we're dealing with Black Lives Matter. And I'm wondering if you can share with us what it's like for you to be a black woman living in Halifax, Nova Scotia. What is that like?
1: <laughs> um, are we talking on a personal level? Or are we talking on a... First, First, I'd like to hear on a
0: personal level what it, what it's like for you personally, and then we'll go to the business side.
1: Personally, what, um, it's challenging because I came from, everybody knows I came from America. so. You know, we, we like most communities um, south of the border, we, we tend to um, support each other. So, if you go to New York, New York City, we have Harlem, and you'll find black hair salons and black contractors, black attorneys, black-owned banks, black-owned grocery stores, black-owned barbers. But, I mean, like everything, you know. So, our money basically stays in the community um here in halifax there's a lot of limitations because of the generational gaps so right now you're we have i think three black owned hair salons um and it's funny because we had a conversation i had a conversation with a friend of mine last night and the problem is that these salons they don't they don't have the resources to send their hairdressers to, you know, the big hair show so they can learn new cutting techniques. So what happens is, and I had this conversation with another friend, um, when Black Lives Matter came out, there was a voice in our community that was like, Hey, we've got to start supporting each other. We got to be more like, you know, the Jewish community and the Lebanese community and the Iranian community." Cause they will support each other. And we weren't, we were always fighting each other. It was like, Oh no, I'm not going to Joe. Joe's going to charge me too much or he's going to take three weeks to get to me or whatever. Right. Mm. So we decided we were going to do this. Um, but we couldn't find hairdressers. That was, that's been one of our bigger challenges. Seriously. Like that, you know, unless you're a woman, you wouldn't understand how important that is because you know, we, we, we needed that. Um, and then it wasn't just the hairdresser we didn't there is no nobody in Halifax that is black that can microblade eyebrows or put in eyelash extensions or put on our nails yeah nobody yep this is the truth so on a personal level that was very eye-opening so we're we're looking at other you know we're we're encouraging people that if they were thinking about getting into something they have some talent those are some areas we could use the other was um there was a big kerfuffle with a uh a local grocery store on the number seven highway that uh we asked them how they felt about you know blm and they said that they uh they weren't going to promote or discourage it, but they do support um, North Preston days. And it was like, yeah, that's great. But how come when we go to your store, 90% of your clientele is black, but there's no black people working for you. Right. So how do you say you're supporting us? Um, so if you, you know, if we could spend the whole, t- the whole time t- on this topic, but uh, I can tell you that even, when I was you know getting a little bit better and I was going out looking for jobs, white companies wouldn't hire me, so I actually do work for black companies um, I wish that it was different um but yeah i don't understand that um, but yeah, it is what it is right
0: yeah i don't underst well i don't understand <laughs> that either it's not uh it's it's not Cool. Gosh, I would hire you in a second, but you're already taken. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize you were available because I would have had you. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. And can you tell me as well? Cause we were kind of, before we started recording, can you tell me, because um, you were also saying you, you represent two black owned companies in the construction industry. Um yeah. And can you kind of walk us through some of the challenges that you face um, or that you see them facing and that you faced before trying to get contracts?
1: Absolutely. Um, okay. So what I see and the reason both of these companies have hired me. So just so you know, one is a landscaping company. The other is a roofing company. Mm. And what I was seeing when I would hire them, when I, it was funny how we even met, but anyway, when I would always ask for three bids from three different contractors in each one of the trades for whatever the assembly was that I was working on, that their numbers were usually 30, 40, 50% less than their competitors that were Caucasian. So obviously my first couple of times I was, I was reluctant. It was usually my foreman or somebody else on my crew that would convince me to hire them because I was like, oh, well, they don't know what they're doing. They're probably not educated. They're not professionally trained. There's, you know, like why are they they giving away these services at half price? And the reason I found out later when I started working for them was uh, when I consulted to take these jobs on, um, they had to be very transparent and show me what was going on with their books. And their profit margins were a meager like two to maybe 7%. And I was like, well, in order to stay in business, guys, and to grow, you have to be at least 18%. So I think that together, whereas I don't want to be in the field, you know, micromanaging the, the job sites, I'd rather be behind the scenes. I'm going to help increase your bottom line, get you more business. Um, and win you, you know, more respect in the community so you can hire more people and train more people, um, and everybody wins. So, um, that was a challenge because as I said earlier, they were both in a race to the bottom. If I was charging, let's say I was their competitor and I was charging 10 apples, they would come in at seven apples, just to make sure that the third the, the third bid would be a little bit in between the two. And I had to educate them that just because you have the least, you're gonna need to ask for the least amount of apples doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna get the bid. At least come in, on par with the second bid because there's always going to be one that's going to be crazy high. Yeah. So, you know, kind of come in around eight apples, eight and a half apples, and then sell yourself on your quality. You know, what is our warranty? How are we trained? You know, what, you know, systems do we exercise or whatever. Um, so it got to a point that I actually published our prices on, um, both of their websites. Yeah. I was, Yeah, I was like, because they were like, well, secret. I was like, secret what? You're cheap. You're not going to be cheap anymore. (laughs) You're going to be, you're not going to be like crazy, like Rolls Royce, but you're going to be on par. Mm -hmm. And that way, and we're going to take any pictures that show any color off of the website um, of our employees. So people can't say, you know, um, they can't, they can't, they can't get, they can't say no because. Before we even get a chance because of our color, you know, like I hate to say it, 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 it's, you know, well, they're black. They're going to do it for less because, you know, Elroy doesn't know any better. And that's what people say about us behind our backs. It's just reality. So, um, yeah, we're one of the companies bought a new truck
0: (laughs) this year. So we're we're doing good. Doing good. You're making them profitable, which is so important. And, and yeah, and like I think we had kind of discussed, and I'm kind of realizing myself as I'm as I'm sort of um, managing some renovations, is that you know it's hard to price yourself. You want to be like affordable, but you need to make a profit because there's jobs that I see that. We take to do somebody a favor and we're not doing ourselves a favor because why would I need to be paying for somebody's, you know, paying extra money for somebody's project that we didn't quote properly or, you know, set the right expectations and then, and then you're committed and you have to, you have to complete it. And <laughs> that, that's, that's no fun. So you've got to, you've got to avoid that whether you take fewer projects and just manage them better. You know, but you have to have, you have to, it's good that you're there being mindful of the bottom line because yeah, at the end of the day, you have to make, you have to have profit to stay in business and keep it going. Yeah.
1: It's true. And then, you you know, you have to always, eat. like, if I'm talking as a GC, I would always, like, weigh out the pros and cons to whether I should have staff in certain areas or it should be sub-trade. But it's all about knowing your numbers. You know, you got to know how much it costs you per linear foot or per square foot or, you know, a square if it's, you know, if we're talking about roofing or an acre or the volume if we're talking about backfilling a yard. I mean, like I've gone out and estimated for the landscaping company and he would, you know, I already, I have a formula because, you know, I use volume and, you know, I know how much soil it's going to cover per three inches of depth and, you know, whatever. And he came out and he was like, yeah, I think this is going to be like 16 truckloads. And I'm like, really? Because according to my software, we need 26 truckloads. So if we went in at 16, we're going to pay to do this job because we still have, because they didn't take into account, you know, that the truck itself, it has tires, it needs oil, it needs fuel, it needs an operator, it needs service, it needs insurance, you know, like there's so many things. So the truck has a certain value. And then, you know, we have to pay the quarry or whoever we're getting the materials from or taking the materials to because people forget if we have to clear a yard or whatever, we have to pay to dump that soil somewhere. It's not like, you know, we can just pull over on the side of the road and tip our truck. But little things. So that's where experience comes in. And even with their experiences um, in both of these arenas, they would forget, they took for granted, you know, they forgot that these are hidden costs that they were losing money on. And I'm like, uh, yeah, we, we we don't, we're not in the business of losing money. We'll be out of business. No,
0: for sure. No, you've got to factor all that in. So it's yeah. so that your experience can help them. And I'm, I'm kind of seeing the same things as I Work through projects, and you know, like there's a dumping fee, there's a fee to have a truck, there's a fee to rent a trailer, there's a fee to rent all these extra tools and things that might save on labor costs. And anyway, it's a big, <laughs> it's a big to do and a lot to think about. And then you have your your mind also on the safety too, which is a big absolutely part. The, the work that you did with the general contracting is safety safety Uh, and i'm still doing the safety with both of these companies i'm the
1: safety officer so you know i go out to the job sites i conduct all the toolbox talks on a weekly basis um because the guys they, they they forget i mean like i hate to have to say it but right now heat stroke i have to go out and talk about heat stroke like twice a week because they will not stay hydrated i'm like why is this so hard Nope, they wake up in the morning, the first place they go, Tim Horton, second place to needs get their cigarettes. So they got the coffee and the cigarettes, which are both diuretics
0: and dehydrate you <laughs> moving along. <laughs> <laughs> to keep the people hydrated because I think we were yeah, we were just chatting about how how hot it gets on the roof. and um, and I was noticing, too, this week, people paving on our street on the hottest day, like, I just can't imagine what would be much you can't get much worse than that <laughs> it's tough that's a tough one
1: yeah. yeah both of them are tough um but they you know they're necessary evils we only have a short window in nova scotia we lost a lot of the spring season this year we had a lot of rain yeah now we're in a drought
0: <laughs> yeah i know it's it's really hard to work around the weather and you do want the you want the sun. Um, to dry the shingles and you definitely don't want to be up there in the rain.
1: <laughs> no. No.
0: no. Um, so thank you so much for chatting with me. I think we'll have to do a, a to be continued and bring you back on a certain, a certain topic. So we'll see what our listeners have. Um, they might have some specific questions that, uh, that they bring to me to ask you. And Awesome. Um, I'm going to leave you with the question of where is your happy place? You really want to know my happy place? You do.
1: My happy place is right where I am today. Um, working for some awesome companies um, that don't have me punching a clock. The trust um, and the, the respect that I've, I get every day and the love that I feel and the love that I give to them. Um, it's just, that's my happy place. You know, I, I, I have tried other avenues where, you know, you work for a company and they want you there at eight o'clock and they don't care if you're productive or not. It's all about the hours. And I'm like, wouldn't you rather me come in at 11 and stay till three and give you 10,000% more than have me there not being productive or just trust that I, I, that I can do my job without being micromanaged. I think that's everybody's happy place. Well, it should be anyway. You shouldn't have to micromanage your crew. You should. You should have trust. Um, but anyway, that's my happy place right here.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I'm happy that you've you found. Uh... Your, your niche and a fit for you where you're, you're happy and you feel like you're providing value. And I can say for sure that they're lucky. They're lucky to have you um, with them for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. They are. Yes. Thank
1: you, Jenna. That is so sweet. Thank you so much. Yeah. Just, you have no idea. You made my day, girl.
0: Oh, uh, you've made my day too. It's, it's been so wonderful connecting um with you. And I guess I will ask you as well. Do you have an email address that you want to leave if listeners want to hit you up and send you an email to find out a bit more?
1: Absolutely. I actually have a new email. It is Lisa at uniquelylisa.ca. And that's Uniquely, lisa.ca. Perfect. There's no website to that yet. It's in the process of being built on my time when I'm not working for the other companies. Yeah, but sure. yeah, um, but that's definitely a live email address.
0: Wonderful.
1: Well, thank, thank you. you so much. Bye Good. for now. Bye
0: bye. Thanks for listening to your Happy Place podcast please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review so that we can get our podcast out to more listeners. If you would like to contact us, please send an email to podcast at happyplacepm.com.